The following pendant Hello and welcome to the Kingery uh, Season 4, Episode 11 Commentary. I am uh, Chris Stoddard, the director, and joining me is Perry Whittle, the writer for this episode. Hi Chris, and hello everyone. And uh, this episode is titled Probing, which, as everyone has heard, is very interesting. It, it could have some very interesting connotations uh, uh, with what goes on in this episode. So, yes. how did you come I, up with the name? I, I had a couple of ideas. Um, one was that there's a lot of probing going on in this episode. Uh, Tommy is trying to figure out what happened to Maddie. Everybody's kind of trying to figure out what happened to Maddie. Um, somebody, for a while now, has been trying to kill Maddie. Um, so that's a sort of a kind of a probing, probing of her security and... Um, personal space uh and tommy also um at the end of the episode starts probing into uh what exactly is going on with sandrine she seems to know something that he doesn't think she maybe ought to know um and so that's another kind of probing and then there's also something having to do with uh socks and um Yamada. Officer oh, I'm sorry. So here we are. Uh, we passed the previously. So we were in the. Oh, and the first I had. Scene. Sorry, Chris. I had another. There was another idea that I had for a title, which was along the lines of "I see how you look at her," because that's a phrase that comes up a couple of times in the episode, also. So that was like going to be my backup um, uh, title. Oh, okay. So we have. Uh, Pete Milan playing uh, Tommy Arkell and uh, Paul Lavelle playing Brannis right now. And he is not going to stop. He's never going to stop. Yeah. Me in the room. Absolutely and not. I can help with security. Pete does this little thing. Uh, mm, I got to figure out what's going on. That reminds me of Selma and Patty from the uh, <laughs> the Simpsons. And the first uh, first time I wrote this scene, Major was in it. She was in this scene trying to protect Tommy and uh, uh, getting argumentative with Brannis and trying to force her way into the room so that she could, like, protect Tommy from the other cops. And anyway, it, I thought it was interesting, but it just got too long and was a little bit off the point. Yeah, this this episode, I guess, overall was a little bit longer than the last couple. Uh, but... Uh, I, as I'm going to move into the next uh, scene here, we got uh, uh, Richard Casto playing Officer Pollard, uh, Jared Grego playing Officer Grogan. And uh, both doing marvelous jobs. Yep. And yeah, this uh, episode was kind of a longish script, like 26 pages, and it uh, came out at 20 minutes with the previouslys and the and the credits, so it really condensed down. Yeah, I did, uh, as we'll hear later on, I, I actually overlapped a lot of conversations where it felt like they needed to be overlapped, specifically in like the last scene where uh, Hooks is doing stuff. Right, right. Hooks and also uh, some in the scene with uh, Sox on the phone and Major and Ms. Gordon in the hospital yep. room. So uh, that was all, that was also something that sort of cried out for being overlapped a little bit. Yep. So uh, we have uh, Madeline Gray waking up now. Uh, she is played by uh, Alicia Lane Matheson. 
and she's doing a marvelous job waking up. And this whole scene here with the little sort of gag with the with the water. Um, hey, I'm thirsty. Joke. I thought that was very very nicely done. Yes, uh, Alicia had some great takes on the uh, rip off your nuts and ship them to Ganymede. <laughs> yes, and there were just so many great takes. It was hard to choose one, so. I had to I eventually had to rely on one of them, so this was the best one. Yes, and I kind of like that. that uh, oh, there we go. Everybody's saying no altogether. That's the one thing that all the cops agree on is that cops were not involved. And um, I liked also that Brannis could predict that uh, if Maddie found out that he'd let um, Arkell in the room that he would walk funny for the rest of his life and then yep. she threatens him and he says I knew it I thought that was nice and then we have something coming up here where Tommy says yeah inscrutable which I thought was a very nice performance um, and to me this means Tommy's figured it out or actually he's he's not a detective. He doesn't need to figure it all out. He just needs to figure out enough to know what to do. So um, he may or may not be right about all the details, but he's sort of got the the main idea of what happened, and he's going to now go off and act on it. But, of course, he doesn't want to... Uh, he's not interested in sharing that information with anybody. So when Maddie says, I don't know what it's about, Tommy just says, yeah, inscrutable. Okay, I got to go. <laughs> yep. And uh, right now we have uh, Tithia and Devi. Tithia played by uh, Cat Pride and uh, Devi played by Shane Nolan. Not getting much uh, screen or uh, audio time in uh, the last couple episodes. Well, I thought it might be nice to have a little scene with them together and um, sort of follow up on something that was... Uh, uh, indicated in the last script. I think they're both doing a marvelous job here. Yep. I could. I should probably have added a line or two indicating some sort of uh, location or action. But anyway, this is in the last episode. I think they said they were going to do lunch. Yep. So um, this is them doing lunch. They're they're talking about business. They're not really spending a lot of time on the lunch. I've got a line here that I wrote a long time ago um, in the in the first version of this. This was going to be a line for the announcer that we'll get to in a little bit. And uh, I think everybody should be glad that I removed this from the script. And it goes, stay tuned after tonight's poker tournament winds up for chess grandmaster Akbar Shimanovsky. <laughs> provides an, analysis of the note boom variation. And after that, our very own sports slut Sally Slocum investigates the history of brain damage research and the regulation of contact sports. Okay, so be glad that's not in the yeah. show anymore because... Anyway, I just thought it would be interesting. In the, I was thinking about the future and what that's going to be like, and um, I have a, I, I suspect that uh, 
I, the research currently seems to suggest that uh, repetitive um, contact, like you get in, especially uh, knocks to the head, like you get in football, um, contribute to long-term uh, permanent uh, damage. And um, so I think there we may see some regulations in the future. It seems that I have been joined by my youngest here, who seems to want to... <laughs> be in here with daddy right now so ignore anything that you hear from him uh, he's not actually listening to the episode so <laughs> no need to worry about his young ears it's okay <laughs> but uh, let's see we have uh, right now we have Cheryl the announcer played by uh, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard and uh, yes uh, and she's doing great and uh, in the writers chat uh, Jeffrey Bridges pointed out that he liked the names of the uh, the players in the poker tournament yes yeah. a, a couple of those are based on some uh, chess player names oh okay i was going to ask you where those came from well a couple of them are are chess players and um, a couple of them are just like things that popped into my head so we also we, have oh i'm sorry go go ahead continue i'll do lynn cullen yep. playing annie the producer who is probably the most normal person in the episode and chris alisall playing Johnny the engineer. Yep. I thought Chris uh, Chris is uh, a name I haven't heard before, so welcome to the Kingery Chris. And also Lynn. I don't think I've I, I know your name, but I haven't heard you in the Kingery before that I'm aware of. And uh, she's been in a couple things. Yeah. All right. Well, I just haven't been paying that close attention. Well, it's not your episode. Now you're paying attention. Yeah. You're right. Uh, and I thought uh, Chris, as Johnny the Engineer, was doing ni a really nice job. He's a little bit uh, dweebish, but not, like, incompetent or foolish. But he sounds uh, just a little bit like an engineer. Yeah, when I uh, held the auditions, he definitely sounded the most dweebish out of everybody. <laughs> so, Chris, you are the most dweebish out of the auditions, just so you know. Yeah. The kind of guy who, you know, sits around and plays with faders and knobs all day and, you know, has earphones on and goes, hey, we got a power fade there. We have to do it again. I can't fix it. Now, I really like this. Uh, in the script, you had the fade out, or not even the fade out, the cut from uh, here to the room. And basically, all I did is I matched it up and let it go. Yeah, well, anybody who's uh, listened to much of me talking about audio theater knows that I love the Firesign Theater. And they played around an awful lot with moving from one scene to another, from one location to another, through TVs, through radios, through all kinds of uh, electronic sound-creating devices. So um, uh, that was just a, a thing that I thought uh, would be fun to do here. And it was. That's the first time I've ever done that, and it, it came out just the way I wanted it to. Yes, it was very nice. So here we have uh, M. Ciro Garcia's major, uh, and we have Sierra playing Miss Gordon. 
And I tried writing Ms. Gordon as a, a demented, like a Mad Dan, mm-hmm. uh, but then after trying a little bit, I figured, well, we've already done that, and besides, I'm no good at it, so uh, I changed and made her a little bit flirty and loopy. And I, she definitely came across loopy. And there, uh, Pete just said, bye. Yep. And um, so I wrote that in the script, and I went, I wonder if Pete will actually do that, or if he'll do something else. But anyway, I... He had I a couple it. other takes on it, and... Yeah. But I really felt like him saying that bye was him just catering to Miss Gordon. <laughs> yes. And yes. so I, I left it like that. Yes, I really like that performance. It It sounded wonderful to me. And then we are on to Brian O'Ryan leaving a message, which was kind of interesting. Um, to have Brian? it in the middle of an an episode instead of at the end. Yes. Yes, there was a question in the writers chat: Is it okay to put it in the middle? And people seem to say it was probably okay so yeah i think it was perfectly fine it was that nice little small scene to break up uh, the two big ones at the end <laughs> yeah and that was nick rowley playing brian o'ryan yep and here we have uh socks on the phone uh played by renee christine jones talking to major right and with ms gordon in there also yep and i like the way uh major says uh, um Sox's disguise is named polyamorous, but Major always says poly, like uh, it's a guy or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a little funny and peculiar. And um, oh, that's I, that just that line there just breaks my heart. Is it Tommy's girlfriend? Because I think that Ms. Gordon is a little bit lonely and a little bit jealous, and I think she's got a little bit of a thing for Tommy. <laughs> And in the writer's chat, Pete asked if uh, Ms. Gordon was a reference to who he thought it was, and I didn't know what he was talking about. And um, he was thinking about a character from Batman, the Ace of Thieves. Uh, no, sorry, Batman, the Ace of Detectives. Sorry, see, I can't even get that right. Um, uh, which he writes. Uh, but for me, maybe Ruth Gordon, the actress who played Maud in Harold and Maud, was maybe more of the inspiration for that. So this is this is where I thought the whole probing title came from. This line, and I was like, ah, I don't know about this. <laughs> well, that's of course another, uh, just another layer. Oh, and Sierra is doing such an incredibly great job playing Ms. Gordon. Yeah, this is this is again where some of the time got shaved off because I was really trying to overlap where basically Major was having a conversation with two people at the same time. Right, right. And um I was a little concerned after I uh, the the version that uh, we discussed in the writers chat didn't have Ms. Gordon saying anything. And um the suggestion was that uh, she has to be in the scene also. And so um I I wrote it and then I got really concerned because it it became the longest scene in the in the script and I was concerned that it was too long and taking up too much time and taking uh, too much importance by its length and um, the way you put it together just uh, really 
trimmed it and kept it tight, kept it moving, so that it doesn't seem like it's that long. Yeah, actually, I think this this scene was my fav- most favorite to uh, to put together and mix because of all the overlapping and trying to make it, you know, moving stuff around so it wasn't completely overlapping, but it was overlapping enough that it seemed like there were two uh, conversations going on at the same time. Right. Right. Here we have Hooks, played by uh, by you. Oh yeah, right. And. And that last, uh, yep, go ahead. Sorry, that last line of Majors uh, about how you joined the Zero G Club on a jump to Sergamesk was Sergamesk is a reference to a Jack Vance story that I read um, before writing this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's just a teeny little thing there. It doesn't. Emma had a lot of trouble with getting that line. Uh, she wasn't sure how it was pronounced, so she just gave me a ton of them and. Most of them were close enough that, uh, or at least how I would imagine pronouncing it. That uh, I'm certainly not sure how it's pronounced, so I, anything is fine, I'm sure. And we have Andrea Fontenot playing Sandrine. Yep. Doing a great job. And like Branis, she says to Tommy, I saw the way you looked at her. And that was, as I said, my backup. Now, oh, and we've got this big music cue here. It's like you think something significant is happening, Chris. Yeah, uh, and this, uh, I did use a rather long ad lib from uh, uh, Pete on this. I paid a lot of money to make sure nobody reported that. Yeah, and yeah, that was interesting. Well, that wasn't in the script. It sort of fit perfectly because without it, it didn't seem like, well, how how do you know then? And right. that was Pete just coming up with that off the cusp, and it, it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a good one. And then uh, this sound of uh, Tommy throwing the phone to hooks uh, sounds like a fastball, man. That sounds like it was overhand and practically bounced off him. <laughs> it was actually a football. <laughs> <laughs> and I I, I, uh, I lowered the or I uh, uh, pitched it down a little bit so it didn't sound like it was uh, smacking into his face, but it was the best one that I could come up with. Uh, so it actually sounded like he was throwing something at him. Well, it certainly fit the. Uh, I had a lot of trouble um, with the little yelp that Hooks is supposed to give. So I'm I think you you put that together very nicely, very well. Season four, episode eleven. And let's see. Uh, Peaches, uh, one of Tommy's last lines was uh, about a mobster named Peaches, and that was the reference to a cat of a friend of mine. My girlfriend always thought that that was a great mobster name, Peaches. Somebody else were guarding the door. And Bruce Busby is reading the credits marvelously. It was a great episode. I mean, it Nick as Brian uh, maybe I'm just getting better at mixing, but at least the last maybe four episodes have been coming together very easily. I haven't had to do a lot of, you know, little fixes uh, after listening uh, to my pre-final mix. So, 
I'm happy about that. And of course, the writing was awesome. I mean, oh yeah, your writing, at least in this one, was very fluid from the beginning to the end. I had no problems, you know, forcing dialogue to sound good together. It was, I mean, of course, the actors helped with that too. So yes, as they always do. And thanks to everybody who contributed. Yep. And so that is the preview to the season finale, which is next, next month. Up. Yep. Season finale. So that, good. Yep. So thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Perry, for writing an awesome episode. And, and bye now. And we will see you next month.